Welcome to Paranormal Artist. My name is Alex, and I'll be taking you on some haunted adventures. Listener discretion is advised. This audio may not be suitable for all audiences. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back. (laughs) You're still going to hear the humming of the fan. No, I don't care. It's extremely hot in Texas, and I can't deal with it. So you're going to hear the fan. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not sure yet. So, I actually had a suggestion from a friend of mine who wanted me to go over the aliens and the abductions. So, naturally, you know me by now. I had to go as far into it as I could. I did a lot of research over the past couple of days trying to figure out just like the best way to explain all of this. And there's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot. So I had to go with like one of the most famous cases of abduction known in the U.S. Now, granted, what I've learned is that they are not actually the first reported abduction despite what like several websites will say but they are the most documented and probably the most famous of it but I'm getting really ahead of myself but I just want to say thank you to my friend who suggested this because I was really kind of struggling (laughs) to find out what I was going to do I have a few episodes that people have asked me to do that are lined up after this one so you know let me get into it I hope everybody's having a good week though because this is a it's hot. I hope you're surviving if you live in Texas, because it's, it's unholy out here. Wow, just super hot. <laughs> the real ETs. What are ETs, you might ask? These are extraterrestrials. The term ET, I think, got more famous with that 80s movie called E.T. But there's also several TV shows. I, listen, I love sci-fi. I love sci-fi. My favorite TV show growing up was probably The X-Files, and yes, I will still watch it to this day, but there's so many seasons, I can't keep up with it. But they also talk about what I'm going to discuss today. We also have the Men in Black movies, which they're sci-fi comedy, but still, they're, they're kind, they might be onto something. They might be onto something, even if they are old. So, <laughs> let me start with this. Do you guys believe that we are alone out here, or do you think that we are among the aliens. Do you think that we are having our own neighbors even as extraterrestrials disguised cleverly as humans? Have you heard of the Men in Black, the actual Men in Black, seen the videos around YouTube and stuff over the years? I've seen quite a few of them. I think it's really interesting. If you dig too deep into something and you find stuff out, the government will come at you. They'll find you. (laughs) So let's Let's hope that doesn't happen. So sightings of otherworldly creatures have been reported for centuries. Hence the show Ancient Aliens. I haven't watched a whole lot of it myself, but I know that my dad loves that show. And I always ask him, why are you watching this? (laughs) But they're, they're always onto something. They always have something. Like there's either a building that was created in a way or even like the gods the deities were based allegedly supposedly off of these extraterrestrials that were coming to earth even at that time 
there is a lot of videos online of these alien encounters or UFO encounters. A lot of stuff can be hoaxes. And I know that there was one really famous case a long time ago of a family that their kid had supposedly gotten abducted by something, but it was all a hoax. They went on national television. It was, it was a mess once all that got uncovered. I don't even remember who they were, to be honest with you. It's been such a long time since I've thought about it. So, UFOs, the term has gotten, well, used up over the years. So there's now a newer term. So instead of UFO, it's now referred to as a UAP, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, or in other language, an OVNI, which stands for Objeto Volador No Identificado. Why was the name change? I got it off of uh, the secret declassified website. It says, quote, some investigators now prefer to use the broader term unidentified aerial phenomenon to avoid confusion and speculative associations that have been attached to UFO. Another widely known acronym for UFO in Spanish, French, Portuguese, and Italian is Objeto Volador No Identificado, with variant regional spellings, end quote. Basically, (laughs) we have used the word, the term UFO so often and so much that It's just become overly sci-fi, I guess, and overly used in movies and all that. And I can agree 100%. I completely agree with that. So, I'm perfectly okay with calling them UAP. (laughs) See, I had had heard that there was a, uh, a new word for them on another podcast I had listened to, but that episode was like last year when I heard it. But I did remember it was a UAP. I just forgot what the UAP stood for. And for those of you who don't know what an extraterrestrial is, or ET, extraterrestrial means happening, existing, or coming from somewhere beyond the planet Earth. To be honest, there's a lot on this topic. I'm not even sure where to start. So, like I said, I'm going to be talking about one of the most famous cases of alien abduction. But before I get there, I just want to kind of get a little deeper into, like, the kinds of encounters there can be with extraterrestrials or unidentified aerial phenomenon. And I'm going to be using the word UFO a lot because really a lot of the websites still use it that I did get my information from. I might change it to UAP, but I'm not sure yet. And also, (laughs) I really am sorry for all the, the, the sounds, the sound of the fan if you do hear it because it's very hot. You have to understand it's extremely hot, I think. Um, it's like 100 outside or more, 40 degrees Celsius. (laughs) I'm really not sure what the exact temperature is. So I'm going to go back on. Like I said earlier, I love The X-Files. Great show. Way ahead of its time, but so good. I love it. And in the first episode of The X-Files, there is a scene where Mulder and Scully are traveling to a certain area where other people have encountered a uh, phenomenon known as missing time. And so when they get there, Mulder gets out of the car and he has a, I believe it's a orange can of spray paint that he marks where they're parked at. And then suddenly like the radio goes crazy. They get back in the car, the radio goes crazy. 
and there's like a white flash and then they appear like minutes later or even an hour later and he's like I knew it I knew it this is where it happened and <laughs> you know Scully she's the skeptic of the thing she's like no 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 that's not possible this is not what happened basically this is what I'm going to be talking about something like that essentially so what is missing time it sounds pretty obvious right but <laughs> some people really might not get it because missing time can sound like oh I missed time at this part or I miss time at work it doesn't register the same for everybody so in this case missing time can be quote the first revelation contained in missing time is that one not need remember having seen a UFO to be a possible abduction victim all of the UFO abductions reported by the media up to this point confirm to be a general pattern a witness spots a UFO or occupants and then blacks out Upon reawakening, that person immediately realizes that they have some missing time and seeks a UFO researcher or therapist to help recall that missing period, end quote. So basically what that whole quote said is that these people see something interesting. They see like a, an unidentified aerial phenomenon or UFO or UAP, whatever you, wanna, whatever you want me to call it. And they black out, basically. Just they're gone. Mentally, they're not there. Maybe they saw something and then they were gone. Or maybe they saw even a flash of light and they were gone. And we come back to this wherever they were several miles down the road or in a different area. But they realize, hey, I'm missing like two or three hours of my time. And then they're like confused because they cannot recall what happened between the time that they saw, or if they even remember, but the time before, or the time that they saw whatever it is that they saw. And when they come back, a lot of them are like confused, or they have like, just, they don't understand, and, and their mind is blown. And if that happened to me, to be honest with you, <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. I'd probably be like, oh, time is missing. I don't know how to live or how to feel about that. So basically, how would you feel if you were just kind of chilling one day and then all of a sudden you're like seeing something and all of a sudden just like that like five hours has passed and you're in a different area of your house or whatever I, I don't know it's it's definitely a type of phenomenon that I personally would not want to experience so all that led me to think about this movie that it's I I'm, I'm mixed feelings about it because it is a really top pick movie for me for like cheesy sci-fi movie but it also caused me to be absolutely terrified of owls and this movie was made in 2009 it's called The Fourth Kind which made me think or you know it start The Fourth Kind has something to do with uh, extraterrestrial aliens UAP whatever it's got stuff to do with that Whenever this topic came, I was like thinking about it and I was like, you know what? This reminds me of this movie, which talked about the different encounters that can happen whenever you are experiencing the phenomenon of seeing a UAP or an alien. So, you know, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Cheesy sci-fi movie, like I said, but I kind of recommend it-ish. <laughs> but I'm also a big Mila Jovovich fan, so do with that what you will and for those of you who have seen it with me 
it's supposedly based off of true story, but I know somebody who kind of dug a little bit deeper and realized, no, it's not. It's fiction, but you know how we are. I still love a good movie that'll scare the shit out of me. And this movie definitely did scare the shit out of me. I'm just going to tell you that now. Uh, I do not like owls because of this movie. They have brought upon me a brand new fear that I never thought I would say that I am terrified of owls. They freak me out. And somehow on my social media, I am always seeing owls on it. And I'm like, why? (laughs) And that reminds me of one time when I was back in college, I was asleep for the night and I woke up because I heard a fucking owl just like doing its sound, the who sound, the who, who. And I woke up like my eyes blasted open like Squidward's did when he realized that Spongebob was in his house. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. And I mean, I have another reason for being afraid of owls, but that has nothing to do with what's being discussed today. That is for another episode and probably has been discussed in previous episodes. So (laughs) I don't like owls. I won't even go near an, an owl exhibit at any kind of zoo. Not that I go to the zoo anyway, but no, just no. And if you think that owls are cute, I'm sorry, but no, <laughs> stay away from me. So there are different types of encounters, or close encounters, I should say. These were categorized by a man named J. Allen Hynek, and he also wrote a book called The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry, which, listen, I don't like Wikipedia, but sometimes it's very useful. So I pulled a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be discussing right here off of Wikipedia because why not? They can be good sometimes. And I know that people can go in and edit and do whatever the hell they want on there. But at least in this case, I feel like maybe it's not been messed with too much. So with that being said, let's jump into the close encounters. So each one is categorized into different kinds of stuff. So it starts with UFO sightings, UAP sightings. There's the nocturnal lights, the lights in the sky that you see at night. Or there's the daylight discs, the UAP seen during the day. Radar visual, which means that these are picked up by aircraft. Radar readings that are picked up by like airports or something like that, or even the the U.S. Air Force or any other Air Force in the the world, other countries' military bases are able to pick up these UAPs. And then these are naturally the lesser of the close encounters. These are like the uh, the minors, the minor um, category of it. So then we jump into the close encounters, the actual ones. So originally there were three. But as the years went on, others have also added on to the close encounters. So I think we're up to five close encounters now. And, you know, I I don't know how to feel about it. If I'm honest here, I, I really don't. These, the thought of aliens, the thought of um, UAPs, for some reason, scares the hell out of me. And... I'm not afraid of, I mean, I'm afraid of stuff, but I'm not afraid of a lot of stuff like this. But alien abduction and stuff that has to do with it, yes, I'm afraid of. Very much to the point where 
this is actually scary for me to do. Like when I was going to bed last night after doing a little bit more research before I decided to finish my notes today, I <laughs> I was thinking in the back of my head, holy shit, am I gonna am I gonna like get abducted tonight because I'm like reading into this or something like that? Am I about to have like a, a UFO experience or a UAP experience? Is something gonna happen? And I was genuinely thinking that because I'm so scared of these things. <laughs> the first encounter of the first kind is visual sightings of a unidentified flying object or a UAP seemingly less than 500 feet or 150 meters away that show an appreciable angular extension and considerable detail, meaning that you can see that it is in fact something that should not be there, that is in fact considered a alien spaceship or a unidentified aerial phenomenon. The close encounter of the second kind <laughs> is a UFO event in which physical effect is alleged. This can be interference with the functioning of a vehicle or electronic device, animals reacting, or a physiological effect such as paralysis or heat and discomfort in the person who witnesses it, or some trace of impression in the ground, scorched or otherwise affect vegetation or a chemical trace. So basically, it can affect radio signals if you have, like, I guess direct TV or something that's satellite based, your TV might go a little haywire. Or <laughs> you might be driving and your car radio, your Spotify, whatever it is that you're listening to might just kind of go crazy on you and just start like flipping through channels or whatever. Or your whole screen will glitch. Like the ring kind of glitch. And animals reacting, animals are a lot more sensitive to things than we are. So animals can see spirits detect spirits they can see stuff that we can't just like a child can and as far as a human getting affected by this i just said i mean they can have like paralysis they can i i don't know i i wouldn't know i have not experienced things but apparently most of the people who have had an encounter with these um these uh aliens if you will they uh have all reported having some kind of physical reaction and finally, the physical trace. That is kind of like what I would assume crop circles come from. Not man-made crop circles like some people do. I mean like crop circles like from the movie Signs or something like that. And if you haven't seen Signs, it's another cheesy movie, but I like it. It's one of my favorite movies. It's actually pretty decent. <laughs> so crop circles is what I imagine. That a physical sign of the second encounter. So we have the third, the close encounter of the third kind, UFO encounters in which an animated entity is present, meaning an alien, humanoids, robots, and humans who seem to be co-pilots or pilots of a UFO, which I have no idea if there's actually people who are flying UFOs currently out there. I wonder if that's what Area 51 is hiding. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot more um, less classified documents about Area 51 than I know of. I'm not going to fucking research Area 51 right now. Maybe that'll come at a later time. All I know is that the guy who Naruto ran while they were storming Area 51 is forever a core memory. In, 
If you haven't seen that video, you must have been hiding under a rock. <laughs> Just look up Guy Naruto running at Area 51. And it's just like, of course, that's something we're going to do. So the close encounter of the third kind is a little bit different. And another researcher actually kind of came up with a few subtopics or subtypes for close encounter of the third kind. So the first one would be aboard. That means that an alien is seen from only the inside of the UAP. The second one is both. That means that the alien or the entity is observed from both inside and outside the UAP. The next one is close, where the entity is observed near the UAP. The next one is direct. An entity is observed, but there are no reports of UFOs in the area, but they are seen. Now, I'm not sure if that means that the UAP is seen or if the extraterrestrial is seen that part i don't know it doesn't really specify it just says they are seen the next one is going to be excluded the entity is observed but no visual or activity is reported of the uap at that time and the last one for this category or for these subtypes is going to be frequency no entity or ufo slash UAP is observed, but there is intelligent communication. I'm guessing that that means that they are upon us, looking, watching, observing us. But maybe they're using this supposed mind power that they have to speak to whoever they are currently targeting. I don't know. Then we come to the close encounter of the fourth kind, which is based off that 2009 movie that I was talking about earlier. A close encounter of the fourth kind is a UAP event in which a human is actually abducted by a UAP or the occupants of the UAP. So this was not part of the original categories of the close encounters, but there was originally only three, like I said. And this part was added by the former colleague of Heineck. Uh, this one was named Jacques Vallier. He argued, quote, the Journal of Scientific Exploration that the fourth kind should refer to cases when witnesses experienced a transformation of their sense of reality to also include non-abduction cases where absurd hallucinatory or dreamlike events are associated with UFO encounters, end quote. And, you know, I kind of agree with that because... A lot of dreams are just mysterious on their own. I mean, they're not, but they are. But whenever it involves like stuff like this, then I'm kind of thinking, are they actually dreaming? I, you know, I'm not really sure about like the whole fourth kind thing. I'm pretty sure this is something that I'm going to have to go back into and do a lot deeper digging on it than I did because I really wasn't trying to go super deep into the different kinds of close encounters just like a general basis of like what they are and what gets associated with them so then we come to the last one that i literally just found out about <laughs> like a day ago and this one is the close encounter of the fifth kind the close encounter of the fifth kind refers to 
human-initiated contact with extraterrestrial life forms or advanced interstellar civilizations, claiming direct communication between aliens and humans. Close encounters of the fifth kind were first coined by Stephen Greer. In a close encounter of the fifth kind event, individuals or groups use specific protocols to establish communication or interaction with extraterrestrial beings. These protocols primarily involve the use of contact, meditation, use of sound, and signals. The close encounter of the fifth kind is referred to as the human-initiated close encounter. Now, I do know somebody who does this, who actively has told me about their encounters with the extraterrestrials. And at first I was skeptic, but knowing this person, dear friend of mine, very dear friend of mine, they have told me several times that they have in fact had contact with extraterrestrials, meaning that they have in fact initiated the close encounter of the fifth kind. I was mind blown. Now, there was a time when we did try to go out there and um, make contact with these beings, but it wasn't successful. Maybe it wasn't the right kind of day, the right time of day, the right, or I'm sorry, not day, I'm saying the right time of night, or maybe there was something environmentally that was kind of pushing back on us to not be able to make this, um, this uh, communication. But I was skeptic of it, but the amount of research and communication that my friend has done, it makes me believe that they have, in fact, come in contact with something. They they do know. They are part of a group who actively does this. And I do know the names of this stuff, like some of it, but I just don't think that that's something that needs to be exposed or discussed, but just know that I do know people who have actually had close encounters of the fifth kind. Now, if they've been abducted, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to ask, although my curiosity would get the better of me eventually, and I will find myself asking questions, because I ask everybody questions. Like, if you're a nurse in a hospital and you work the OR, guess what, friend? You're about to get questioned. I'm about to ask you some ridiculous stuff, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. My, my mind is just super curious. Like, all the time, I'm like, hey, have you ever or have you done this before? But with my friend, discussing all this, it does scare me a lot. But I do find it extremely interesting the amount of education that my friend does have when it comes to these close encounters of the fifth kind. But that's all I really have to say about it. So I was supposed to talk about the first abduction. I obviously got off topic. This encounter is one of the most famous encounters of alien abduction or famous cases, I should say, of alien abduction. You may be familiar with their names, Betty and Barney Hill. They were abducted in the 60s, way in the early 60s. Barney was a postal worker, Betty was a social worker, and they wanted to just have some time off because between his job and her job, they're, first of all, physically demanding, there's long hours, like, yeah, you know, and I think they were newlyweds, so they, want, they had like a delayed honeymoon. So on their little vacation a couple days long, 
they decided that they were going to leave at, let's say, like 10 p.m. from where they were to get back home to New Hampshire around 2 or 3 in the morning. Well, as they were driving through the White Mountains, they noticed that there was, like, a light in the sky. And they are both aware that there were no cars. So they thought that this was a shooting star, but the, the light just kept coming at them. It just kept going, following them even. So the light kept following them. And that's when they saw this same light just hovering in place above the trees. So finally, out of their own curiosity, they decided to pull over and see what this light was. And they must have been super fucking close because they got out. Barney, well, I don't know if they, I think they both got out of the car. Sorry, I know I just looked this up and I should have written it down, but here we are. So Barney remembers seeing, quote, rows of windows and gray uniformed beings seem to look right at him, end quote. And he had a pistol with him. Because, you know, this is America and we like guns, apparently. I'm just kidding. That was a fucked up joke. I'm sorry. (laughs) He had a pistol with him. A lot of people carry pistols in their cars for like self-defense and protection because we live in a crazy world. Even back then, I'm sure we live in a crazy world. I don't know what it was like back then. So he grabs his pistol and he tries to lift it because he's terrified. He doesn't know what he's looking at, but he knows it's not supposed to be there. And he cannot get himself to lift the gun. Like, at all. Like, he cannot get himself to lift it. And suddenly, he's hearing a freaking voice in his head. Right there and then, I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. We're gone. We out. And he suddenly got that gut feeling that something was about to go down. He thought that they were going to get captured. He was scared. And this guy was a World War II pilot. (laughs) He was scared. So he gets back in the car, him and Betty, and they're bolting. They're they're flying down the road. But unfortunately, the light still was following them. And they started to hear sounds on their car, like behind their car, the trunk on the sides of their car. They started hearing these sounds all over the place surrounding them, basically. And they got sleepy. They started getting drowsy and losing consciousness. And then... When they came back, they noticed that sh- stuff was like amiss. Like things weren't, things weren't the way they should have been, <laughs> basically. And when I say that, I mean they felt dirty. Their clothes and shoes were, well, not how they were when they got. I mean, Betty felt that her, or Betty says, claims or I'm sorry, claimed that her dress was ripped and Barney's shoes were scuffed. And I don't, I think in the 60s, they all had like a very specific attire that they all wore in public because they were um, a little classier, I guess, than we are nowadays, which I don't really care how, we, how people dressed. People dressed fancy regardless. They had like dresses on and like dress pants and just nice stuff so their shoes were always nice and shiny but Barney's shoes were scuffed and that was weird and the fact that Betty's dress was also ripped that was weird too and that's when they realized that they had lost two hours of time 
they were missing two hours of time. They couldn't recall what was going on. And, you know, when they realize this, they're like also several miles from where this incident took place. And I'm just like, whoa, that's interesting. So, you know, they're confused. They don't know what to think. And Barney felt that something was off about his body. So he was always examining his body to be like, what is this? Betty was trying to figure out what was going on. Like, what happened? What is this? And they naturally went to seek psychological help. And when they did that, they went under hypnosis. They went to go see a psychologist who specialized in hypnosis named Benjamin Simon. And while under hypnosis, they were about to retell what happened in those two hours that they had missed. So here's a quote from one of them. This is from Betty. She says, quote, Gray beings with large eyes walk them into a metallic disc as wide as her house was long. Once inside, the beings examine the couple and erase their memories, end quote. That seems to be the case with a lot of abductees. That seems to be the case with a lot of them. A lot of them claim that they cannot remember stuff, but once they go under a type of hypnosis or hypnotic therapy, they are able to recall these lost memories, and it's kind of creepy. And I wonder just how often that happens. So, throughout the years after the incident, Betty was having seriously disturbing dreams, and Barney was developing mental health issues and actual health issues. And, and let me go back a little bit. While they're trying to figure out what happened before they went to go seek psychological help, Betty was checking out books about UFOs or UAPs. She was doing research because she just wanted to figure out what happened. So once they started going to get help and seeking this, this, this is, I think, whenever their case became super famous. Now, this whole paragraph that I'm about to read to you guys is a quote that I pulled off of the History Channel website because I didn't want to miss too much detail because I think that just having their exact words or somebody else's exact words for them is extremely important to this story. So, I mean, a lot of this episode might have quotes in it because I really am fascinated by it, but I'm also scared. But I also don't want to put any false information out there. Let me start. <laughs> so, through the help of Benjamin Simon, they were able to make sense of this night. Quote, through months of weekly sessions, Simon helped the couple piece together what they think happened. A vessel had landed on the hill's car, putting them to sleep. Afterward, gray beings walked them up a long ramp into the spacecraft. Once inside, the hills were separated, taking turns in an examination room that had curved walls and a large light hanging from the ceiling. Each was asked to climb on a metal table. The table was so short, Barney's legs hung over the side. During the examinations, the beings removed Betty's and Barney's clothes, plucked up strands of their hair, took clippings of their nails, and scraped their skin. Each sample was placed on a clear metal, not unlike glass, slide. 
Needles connected to long wires probed their heads, arms, legs, and spines. One large needle around four to six inches long was inserted into Betty's belly. This pregnancy test left her twisting in pain. Throughout, a being Barney and Betty had called the leader watched from the side. After Betty's examination ended, these beings, the beings rushed back into the examination room excited. They discovered that Barney's teeth could be removed. Betty laughed, explaining that Barney had dentures, a fact of human aging the beings struggled to understand. Later, alone with the leader, Betty asked where the craft had flown, admitting she knew little of the universe. The being joked with her, saying, quote, into a quote, If you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am, end quote, for that quote. Later, under hypnosis, she drew a star map shown to her on the ship, end complete quote. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with that information. The fact that she says a being, an alien, joked with her, that's kind of scary. But um, while I was doing this, I did find actual drawings, images that they had supposedly done while under hypnosis. And um, <laughs> they're pretty accurate to the description that Barney had given originally about the, the gray uniform people and the, the weird disc thing. And, you know, I don't believe that the um, UAPs are all just one size, one description, although that's how it's been portrayed in, like, social media everywhere and even in the media. I think that they are all shaped differently. And there's been sightings of UAPs that go back centuries. I think, I don't even know, but I know the first UFO, UAP encounter sighting was in Roswell, New Mexico, and I don't know what year, but <laughs> Futurama seems to make fun of it. And I love Futurama. That show is, oh my God, that show is crazy. <laughs> so, like I said way earlier, although their story is not the first sighting of UAPs or abduction, theirs was the best documented story available at the time, and obviously it's still very relevant today, and they shaped the way that the um, UAPs and extraterrestrial stories go for even the sci-fi movies. <laughs> so the fact that they're still having a legacy that carries on for this particular um encounter they had is it's pretty good and sadly they have passed since it's been about 20 years since betty passed barney passed away in 1969 supposedly from a cerebral hemorrhage and betty passed in 2004 from cancer and like i said people still talk about it to this day i'm one of them now that leads me to another thought do you think that their health issues that they have encountered and Barney, so shortly after the incident happened, do you think that their encounters with the extraterrestrials was linked to their health issues that they passed from? It's intriguing. But, you know, a lot of people think that they have made this entire thing up. I am on both sides of that. In one way, no, I don't think that we're alone out there. But in another way, I'm like, it's, it's kind of extremely detailed. But there's a lot of people who have gone under hypnosis therapy 
who have actually been able to recall suppressed memories. So it's, it's really an open question and up to the person to really believe whether or not this story is real. And I am stuck in the middle because I do believe that it did happen, but I also think that maybe it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm going to be posting images from their story on my Instagram if you want to check it out. Not my personal one, my uh, podcast one. I'm not very good at social media. Please understand that. <laughs> but I want to thank my friend for suggesting this story. It was uh, interesting. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I have actually seen a couple of UAPs years ago. I think I was driving back to university and I happened to see these lights just kind of sitting behind this hill. And listen, I, I grew up in West Texas. There are no hills except for like certain small towns. And I saw that I was driving, you know, la 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 la, driving down the road. And I looked to my right on the driver's side and I see three dots just sitting there behind this hill, just chilling. And I'm like, no way. Am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? So, no, I didn't pull over, but I pulled my phone out because I took pictures. And yes, I do have the pictures of them. They're very blurry. So, no, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to post them anywhere. It's I'm, I'm just thinking, of course, like when I do see something weird, it's going to be blurry. Of course, of course, that's my luck. But that's not the first time I've seen something weird like that. Right. So back when I was, I think, a senior in high school, probably 17 or 18 years old. I was coming from my then girlfriend's house after hanging out for like God knows how many hours. And I was coming home. It was about 10 o'clock at night. Yes, I remember the time. It is a core memory. I've got a lot of weird core memories. That's one of them. And I'm just driving down the road and I see the road lift up. Now, I don't know if you know this, but it's believed that UAPs have a camouflaging ability, which their technology is far more advanced than ours. So yeah, I believe it. <laughs> and I saw, like I said, I saw the road lift up really fast. And I was like, what the hell was that? And, and I was thinking about it. And I was like, did I just see a UFO? Did, did, did I just see a UFO? Did I really just see that? And I told my dad about it. And he's like, nah, no way. You didn't see that. And I was like, yeah, I did. I swear to God. And I swear to God to this day that I did see a UFO in the old neighborhood. <laughs> but that's it. And and then there's the owl that was outside the window that I mentioned earlier. But um, like I said, that could either be extraterrestrial or it could be something else that I'm not going to mention because that's for another kind of story. But that's it. What do you guys think? Do you think their health issues were the result of the abduction? Do you think their story was real? What do you what do you think? Let me know. Once again, you know, I have to add the suicide and crisis hotline number at the end of every episode because it really and truly means a lot to me. So if you are feeling suicidal or have any suicidal ideations, call or text 988. They are there for you 24-7, 365 days a year. Trust me, they've helped me before. And because it's Pride Month, I also want to mention the Trevor Project that is for a mental health crisis for the LGBTQ youth community. They have done tremendous work in helping our youth be able to deal with 
mental health issues, suicidal thoughts, please keep them in mind. And if you want to donate money to them, donate money to them. If you want to follow me on my personal Instagram, you can find me at Alex again with two underscores. Or if you want to go to the podcast Instagram, you can find that at paranormalartist.podcast. And I'm going to try to do better at posting. I'm absolutely horrible at posting on social media anymore. (laughs) But if you don't have any of that, you can find me on TikTok, YouTube, and I also have Patreon. You can find all of that at Paranormal Artist Podcast. And lastly, if you don't have any social media, but you're just listening to a uh, podcast, you can send me an email at paranormalartistpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you think of the story. Let me know you want me to talk about even just be like heck yeah i like your stuff whatever you feel anyway i look forward to hearing from you guys and i can't wait to talk to you guys in the next episode